0: Welcome back to Outtakes, episode three, about 18 months after episode one. So we're, we're going a little slow on these, but we'll get we'll pick up the pace. Uh, I think we're bringing this back, and it's hopefully here to stay. I'm joined by Lila Bromberg, who just sat down with Andrew Terrell uh, the other day. Andrew was back in town for Jake Laban's wedding, and we were going to hop on this together. I had a family reunion in Pennsylvania, so... So Lila got the honors, and uh, fun conversation.
1: Yeah, it was it was a, it was a great time. You know, uh, as you all know, Andrew Terrell is kind of known as the funny man on campus. So you know, we sat down as he was back from a wedding. You know, went over uh, some high expectations for this year's team, how he sees it panning out. Um, also got some great inside stories on some of the guys on the team, some NBA guys, and we went over Marilyn's new uniforms, which she has a very controversial opinion around.
0: Quite a controversial thing. So we'll stay tuned for that. That's a little later on. We'll give you the timestamp down below. Anything else that people should really be looking forward to in this?
1: I mean, really, with outtakes, you know, as Thomas started it, we're really trying to get, um, you know, voices of athletes out there, get you those inside stories and inside info. And there are a lot of really funny tidbits in this and just um, really cool stories that you're going to want to hear on this year's team and uh, past teams as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the first episode we did with this was Dara Morcel and Reese Mona. I talked to them first about the campus challenge where they played all these club teams in, like, dodgeball and volleyball. Um, And then we talked about just, you know, being an athlete on campus. We didn't really even talk much basketball. And then the second one was a little bit more sport-focused. It was Ludovica Farina from the women's golf team who qualified for the Women's British Open, which is wild for a college player to do. So, you know, that was more just thoughtful and things you maybe you haven't heard. A lot of the stuff Andrew Terrell talks about, if you follow Maryland basketball, obviously you know it, but uh, hearing it straight from him on a, on a format like this, it'll, it'll really make you think. You'll hear some stuff you haven't heard.
1: Yeah, definitely some funny stuff that you are not going to want to miss. So, here it so, is. So, without further ado,
0: ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Terrell and Lila Bromberg.
1: I am here with a lot of people's favorite Terp, especially a uh, a bench legend, uh, Andrew Terrell. What's up?
2: Hey, how you doing?
1: So Andrew is back in College Park. How's it feel to be back?
2: Feels good, especially the reason, uh, you know, Jake Layman's getting married and it's nice coming back and seeing the old teammates and all that. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to be here.
1: What's the first thing you did when you uh, got back?
2: I went straight to the varsity and uh, I've had the same room for a couple years now with Anthony Cowan, Daryl Marcel, and Travis Feldman. Went up there uh with with all of them and just hung out. It was it was nice. It was a good night.
1: Right. And you know, what are you missing the most about rooming with those guys just being in College Park? You're now in the real world uh adulting,
2: as uh, I say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh it depends, you know. There's there's things that used to irk me. Um like last night we made a buffalo chicken dip anthony took one bite and left the whole thing out the whole night um stuff like that used to irk me and now it's it's very funny and i i do miss you know being around those guys and and all their antics and that everybody has their own set of of weird corks and and things like that so uh, i i miss being around them and i enjoy being around them right now because because it's so you know infrequent
1: so who took over the cooking this past year of gone? Who, who was next up to kind of cook for
2: group? <laughs> It's funny cause it was actually Jenna, my girlfriend, she cooked most of the meals for us, um, after her, it was Anthony didn't know how to boil water <laughs> last year. He actually had to ask us how to boil water. Travis used to tell us he would make some dessert every night. I'd probably say myself, just, I was the, the all around, um, you know, all around type of guy, clean cook. I was, I was pretty much the, uh, the house person.
1: What's your specialty? Gosh.
2: <sighs> I'm a big spaghetti guy just cause you know, I, I, I do know how to boil the water. Um, <laughs> and it, it makes it a little easier if you know how to do that. Um, but yeah, we, we, weren't gourmet. We were, uh, strictly, you know, throw it in a, in a pot and, and let it burn a little bit.
1: Right. So what have you been up to since, uh, graduation?
2: So I'm back home in Indianapolis um, it's been fun, you know, I'm, I'm working, I get to work at seven every day. I leave it at six at night. sounds like a lot of fun, I know. Um, and it <laughs> is, so yeah, big time fun, but, uh, you know, I've just been working, trying to get my career started, um, I'm in commercial real estate and development and, uh, it's, it's enjoyable right now and hopefully it continues to be enjoyable.
1: Right. So while you were at Maryland, you became very well known for your Instagram and then, you know, you started your blog. Uh, how did you kind of decide to start doing those really funny Instagram posts?
2: Um, they started my freshman year, uh, and I, it was the first game of the year, and I was walking to the game with Melo, and he looked over at me, and he said, what's it feel like knowing you're not playing tonight? And I just started laughing, just thinking, <laughs> man, this is my first time going into a game that I'm just 100% I'm not playing. And I just wrote about it on my first Instagram. It caught on. And then I started making, you know, little things about it, little jokes, like Club Trillion, um, you know, points per warm-up, things like that. And it just took off from there and became a bigger thing than than I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, did you ever think, you know, it'd get such a big falling? What was your kind of reaction when you started to see that, you know, blowing up?
2: I didn't. I didn't think it was gonna be like that. It really all started after my After my freshman year, um, we were doing uh, some type of podcast or, you know, player interviews where I'd go around and interview different people. And after that, it just started booming. And, you know, it started with a couple thousand and then it turned into a lot more thousands. Um, And it was it was cool to see. And it was it was awesome. I, I really appreciated how much, you know, people enjoyed hearing what I had to say from a funny standpoint, but also supported me and, you know, saw that I cared so much about the team and, and the success.
1: And then how that turn into the, you know, whole blog thing?
2: Uh, that was just out of nowhere. I, I wrote one thing down and it was pretty funny. Um, and Instagram, quite frankly, didn't have enough room. I couldn't write paragraphs on Instagram. So I decided to, you know, go onto a website, sit there and I wrote one blog and it ended up really booming i got you know like 10 15, people to look at it and i start i just kept riding it and then you know one thing led to another and it it became you know even bigger than my instagram
1: right and so i know you used to do the andrew terrell show you did the instagram the blog would you ever try and go into sports media or are you sticking in a commercial real estate
2: oh gosh um it depends you know it as fun as you know the first month of a job is We'll see where it takes me. Uh, if if something ever opened the door and I could go do something really fun with sports, you know, that'd be really tough to pass up. That's my first love, and that'd be a great life. Um, but we'll see. It, it all depends where, you know, my job takes me.
1: Right. And, you know, with the team this year, there are such, you know, high expectations right now preseason. Almost every media outlet has them preseason top 10, a lot of them within, like, the top seven. Um, you know returning seven of the eight leading you know scores what do you think about all the hype and uh, what are you thinking about how the team looks this year
2: it's cool Um, it's it's really fun to see you know I see them on every single thing that I read you know Andy Katz has Anthony Cowan up there and then he's got the Terps up there Um, it's it's really nice to see how you know how much belief people are putting into our squad this year because they deserve it Um, it's not like you just got you know, four top, top 10 recruits, um, that haven't proved their worth in college yet. These guys have proved it. And I think that's going to be a big, um, reason that it actually works out. You know, you get, you got a team that comes in with a bunch of recruits. You don't know how they're really going to be. We proved it last year that, you know, we got some players. Um, we got some recruits that are coming in that, you know, they'll help us too, but the returning guys, I mean, we got a lot of fire um so I'm excited I I am truly hoping that you know it works out in our favor and um we we do what we're supposed to do
1: right yeah you got a lot of you know like I said returning seven of the eight leading scores, and you know Jalen Smith obviously came in you know as a huge recruit he's you know been almost every mock draft I've seen and then Aaron Wiggins is starting to show up in uh, a bunch of those as well as uh how do you see those guys doing this year and you know Progressing from their freshman year now into their sophomore season,
2: uh, it's tough to say just because I'm not around him that much. Um, but you know, shooting doesn't really leave you. Uh, Aaron Wiggins is one of the best shooters I've been around, and I've been around some pretty good um, gunners. So I just don't see shooting leaving him. Um, aggression he can work on, and he'll be more aggressive this year. I sure hope so, um, because he has the ability. You know, he's getting so much stronger. Kyle Tarp does an unbelievable job with these guys, and he's getting so much stronger. I saw him yesterday walk in the room, and he had his shirt off, and it was, I was just like, geez, man, <laughs> like, bulking up a little bit, I see. And, you know, he is, and he, he looks more confident because of it. Um, and then same thing with Sticks. You know, Sticks is always a happy-go-lucky guy, and he's, uh you know, he's very happy all the time, and, you know, he he's very optimistic about what's to come um and sometimes you don't see that with a guy that has so much hype around him you know he cares about getting through the year and then what's next and he's very optimistic about this year and and doing whatever it takes for the team to be you know a great team
1: yeah and you know i saw that a lot of ncaa tournament last year i remember you guys were getting ready for the first game and he was just kind of you know pacing the hall he was just so excited so nervous so ready to just you know go out there and show up for the team and he really showed you know just how dominant he can be um, in those games and I have to say they were you know previewing some of the uniforms on Instagram it looks like he is starting to uh gain a little muscle too you you know have seen him since you've been back is he uh bulking up is he still going to be going by a uh, sticks
2: <laughs> no he shouldn't be sticks anymore he pushed me the other day and I mean he's got a little force behind him um but like I said Kyle you know he he does a really good job I was talking to Daryl morcell and you know just kind of slyly asked if how how everything's going and um, you know what the workouts are looking like and you know is anybody getting stronger and he was pretty straight up that every single person has improved greatly um, and that's how you win and it starts you know March whenever we lost and it ends next March um, that's when you stop improving you can never stop improving because you see teams that come out of nowhere you know Texas Tech wasn't anything last year um at the beginning of the season and they kept improving they kept getting better kept getting better and then boom out of nowhere international championship competing um so it's about you know just because you start good or are really good at the beginning that doesn't mean anything it's all about can you progress can you get better can you go from the number 10 team to the number one and stay number one but also increase your own value um and i think that's that's what's going to be telling
1: Yeah, and you've been around, you know, some really talented teams, you know, especially 2015-16. How do you, you know, I remember when we talked at the NCAA tournament, you know, you were telling us at Tissuto Times about how much heart that the team had. Um, You know, how do you kind of compare this team um, to that team in in terms of talent and both just like their, you know, togetherness, especially since, you know, a lot of them are returning?
2: Yeah. Uh, Talent-wise, that 2015 team was about as talented as you get. But talent doesn't. Uh, talent doesn't do everything for you. Right. Exactly. Um, it's not. I. I always hated. I. I still to this day hate hearing about how 2015 we should have won a national. We shouldn't have won a national championship in 2015. You know, we didn't have the complete right pieces um, with Dion Wiley getting hurt. It. I mean, our bench was shattered. We had no one. We had five players really, essentially, maybe six. Um, that really could produce for us every single night. And, you know, that's really tough um, on a coach to not have a a deep bench, especially when you have something um, every single – sorry, that's my dog (laughs) bargain. But every single um, night in and out where you've got, you know, eight people that you can rely on like we do this year. Um, I think, you know, hoping there's no injuries, of course, we'll have eight guys every single night that you can depend on to at least go out there and give you everything they got um whether it's you're not shooting the ball well, you play defense whether you're you know not playing great overall but you're still just absolute the hustle guy getting rebounds things like that things you can control um and if you're not playing stand up on the bench clap you know be enthusiastic and i think this year uh a lot of people will see and say after games that the energy level is ridiculous um i think these guys have motors that not many teams in the country will have and I think that'll prove, um, you know, dividends. When, when things like that start going down in the Big Ten, it's not easy to have a small bench in the Big Ten. Um, and I think Coach Turgeon will be extremely thankful for that. And I think this year, you know, again, barring no injury, um, people really see how dominant of a coach Coach Turgeon actually is. Um, years past, everybody keeps saying the same things about him. Um, but he hasn't had any players that have been healthy. You know, he's had good players but you can only do so much with three or four guys you need a whole bench you need every single night and you need enthusiasm enthusiasm so we'll see this year and you know hopefully everybody puts it together and and everybody stays healthy
1: yeah and you know i think that's a big point is you know everyone does talk about that team there is a lot more depth with this team i remember we did an article kind of just looking at different possibilities for starting lineups and there's just so much there's so many guys both you know, guys who are returning, um, you know, that have a lot of potential and then a lot of freshmen. Um, and I, I think that's really going to make the difference, you know, this year. Do you think that, you know, everything that happened, you know, with March Madness is really going to, you know, drive these guys as well?
2: Oh, yeah, that loss hurt. I, that's That loss hurt. Um, and it hurt every single person in that locker room almost the exact same. And I know that's going to drive everybody um, coaching staff down. So I I have no doubt in my mind that, this team is going to have so much drive and so much firepower behind them. They got experience too. They're not going into a random arena for the first time and, you know, being shocked by it, you know, they're embracing it now.
1: And which, you know, non-freshman do you think, you know, besides, you know, Jalen, um, you know, cause everyone's kind of been expecting that, but is there like a guy that you don't, that a lot of people aren't talking about that you think is going to make a really big leap this year?
2: Um, you'll be surprised. I think Anthony Cowan will make the biggest leap overall um he scores a lot and he's always scored a lot but I think he's going to be dominant um in more ways than scoring you know he averaged 17 points a game I think he has like 1500 points in college which is ridiculous but I think he's going to be the most dominant player um in college basketball next year
1: right and then of course your specialty what you become known for the South Pole I have to ask did you make that name was it already there how did uh, that happen
2: South Pole was, uh, I just thought of it. You know, it, South Pole's cold, and we always wore warm-ups. So there had to be a reason other than, you know, we don't get in the game. So I just thought of the South Pole. I thought of somewhere cold. And, you know, it, north is usually good, so south is always bad. And we were just at the south end of the bench. And that's that's just how it came up.
1: What's your favorite memory from uh, your four years with uh, that
2: group? Phew. We used to get in a lot of fights with the refs um we would we would always be you know on their case and we always made that you know a little bit tougher for them they liked us um except for you know a couple of the big 10 refs which i mean big 10 refs what can you do those (laughs) guys aren't very good to begin with um but we always you know made it a little bit tougher for them.
1: so is travis ready to you know lead the boys to lead the group
2: (laughs) travis is uh travis is a pretty boy you know, he, I don't know if he is ready to, to lead that, that group. It might be Reese, you know, Reese, Reese has a little more of that oomph with him. You know, Travis is more of uh stand in front of the mirror for about an hour and, and make sure he looks good type.
1: And what advice did you give them before you left? What are kind of the keys to running, uh, an awesome South, bend, South pole?
2: Oh, you just gotta have fun. You gotta have fun. You gotta make things light, but if you see something, say something, um, you know, if if you see somebody not coming off a screen or you see somebody on the other team that, you know, has a tendency, let them know. We have a mutual respect, uh, one through 15, I think, 15 guys are on the team this year. Um, and every single person respects the other person just as much. Uh, you know, Anthony or, or Mello back when I was younger, would come up to us and, you know, ask us what, what, what we see. Um, so it, it was very clearly a mutual respect all the way down.
1: Right. And I have to say over the past, I think last season, I saw a lot of improvement. You know, you've always had your towel game very strong, but I feel like I saw some improvement from some of the other guys. Have you been teaching them all the different celebration and towel techniques?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, We have sessions in the locker room. You know, after practice, we hold a 30 minute session um, just on purely technique and, you know, getting the rotator cuff all worked out so you can get, um, you know, optimal spin and, and high velocity wins.
1: Right, and that's where the you know training with Kyle Tarp comes into
2: exactly. He does a lot of shoulder work for us, a lot of shoulder work.
1: And you know, you were known as one of a really you know funny, high energy guy on the team. Bruno was really known as that you know high energy, high energy guy. Who do you see kind of taking over as a funny man this season, or uh, really just bringing that energy to the room?
2: Um, I think that'll be the difference because it'll be. Energy from all different places. Um, and I think they realize that energy does need to be brought because um, Coach Turgeon says all the time, nothing great is ever achieved without enthusiasm, and it's 100% true. Um, you can't go in there and loaf. Uh, and I think 1 through 15, everybody will have to bring a little bit more just because we did lose a guy like Bruno. Bruno, I mean, it was impossible to be around him for, you know, two hours because he's always screaming high energy. <laughs> you you want to go take a nap. But that that was everything to us, you know, without him, energy would have been low the whole year. So I think one through 15, everybody will. And I think Anthony Cowan will will completely register that and, you know, set the meter.
1: Right. And then, you know, of the freshmen, have you talked to, you know, them, you know, being back or while they were kind of coming in? Who what do you think of, you know, that class so far?
2: My, my freshman? like uh,
1: No, of the freshman coming in now. I don't know if you've oh, talked to oh, them oh, at all or you've um, seen them at
2: all. Yeah, I've, uh, so the Twins. I know the Twins really well. They're always with us. Um, I really like them. They are very loyal people, um, and they're a lot more mature than you'd think, but they are kind of uh, um, on the court. They're mean. They're, they're <laughs> really mean, um, and that's, that's going to be key for us. I think if they, they keep that energy – um you'll see a little bit more of a bad boy look with them, uh, which I think will be awesome, I and mean, you need that. Uh the other freshman I don't know very well. Um Dante, I know. Um, and he brings that Philly edge. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of that rough kid, and he'll get into your body. Um, but he's a great guy off the court. Um and then the other freshman, Don uh other than Dante
1: yeah, Hakeem Hart, Chol Mariel.
2: Hakeem Hart. Um, I never met him. He was a late sign. Um, and then Chol, I met him a couple times, very quiet, but I mean he's the tallest dude I've ever seen. In I mean, my entire that is life.
1: insane. Seven eleven wingspan, Mo Bamba goes to the Combine at seven ten, that's the highest recorded mm-hmm. wingspan in combine history. And now here we've got a guy with a seven eleven wingspan, which is just insane.
2: Yeah, it is. He uh he walked into our apartment and I'm laying on my bed and I have a view of the door and I couldn't see him because he was, he was literally like, I'm talking his head was dragging across the ceiling. I mean, he's the tallest dude I've ever met. So
1: yeah, that'll be interesting uh, for me. For those of you who don't know, I'm five, two, I would go up and say hi to Bruno before games. And I think I would make it to like, maybe his, you know, middle stomach at best. Yeah. So it'll be interesting uh, trying to interview a guy who's, you know, almost seven, three, seven, two.
2: Oh yeah. It'll be ridiculous.
1: Now. As a lot of you know, this kind of blew up on Twitter. I made this graphic, the Maryland Ultimate Team. Um, So, what we did for those of you who don't know, I made a graphic where you create the ultimate Maryland basketball starting lineup. So, we've got five guys that are worth $5, and then it goes down four, three, two, one. You have $15 to spend. You need five guys. Now, before we get into this, one misconception a lot of people had with this was that we were saying these are the only uh like top 25 players we wanted to have a mix of young guys of old guys to not just you know straight up do like the you know yeah. best guys yeah um so i know you reply to us on twitter remind me what would be uh kind of walk me through your starting lineup in the you know why you would make the choices you would make
2: uh len bias was one um
1: Right, you you can't have a Maryland team without Limbys. So you just can't.
2: Yeah, and I never, you know, I I I don't know much about that history. I've just heard that dude was a bad man, um, so I, I want that guy on my team. Uh, second was Mello Trimble. Uh, he would have broke the all time points record pretty easily, um, and quite frankly, he was. I don't care what anybody says. He was one of the best players in college. All three years he played.
1: Yeah, and he's dominating in Australia right now. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Kevin Herter, he was my other. Not only is he just handsome and <laughs> my greatest friend, but he uh, there's not a guy in that list. And again, I don't care what anybody says that can shoot the ball better than him. Um, and if you do want to compare that, we can compare that in ten years when when he's got a hundred million dollars in the bank. <laughs> um, and then you got a guy like Jake Lehman who, again, just one of my best friends. I loved being around him. Um, but that dude, nobody understood how much that dude did to, did for the program, um, how much he gave away in sacrifice of his own game, um, you know, to try to fit into a 2015 lineup that was just absolutely stacked top to bottom. And, you know, there were people that had to, had to sacrifice, and he was one of them that was willing to. Um, you always need that. You can't just have, you know, dominant players and nobody sacrifices and he did and he was in the nba because of it um i think this is going to be his fifth year uh and he's, he's going to make a lot of money in the nba he's 6'9 super athletic and shoot the heck out of it um and then the next one was bruno um i mean bruno was one of the best teammates i've ever had high energy and uh he averaged a double double i mean he had a couple games of like 25 and like 20 this year uh again you can't name me somebody on this list playing in as physical of a league that was as dominant as bruno in college
1: right and i feel like that was so under talked about around the draft like he was one of the only guys in the draft to average a double double yeah. and it's interesting because you saw so many teams now drafting more for what they see as kind of like promise and not actually like a guy producing mm-hmm. and i thought that was a bit i don't know interesting we'll get into that in a little bit but So my starting lineup, Bruno was one of the guys I left out, which I felt so bad about because he was a guy that I really, really wanted on mine, Uh but I couldn't pass up on Len Elmore, um, because like he, like his average was insane, like just in terms of rebounding, steals, points. So what I went with, uh, you know, gotta have Len Bias of course, Uh and then I had uh, Len Elmore, just you know. Both, you know, lens for Maryland have just been insane. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Mello. I think, like you said, I think a lot of people don't realize how good he was just in terms of finishing. Like, he would have so many games, you know, over 30 points. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people kind of forget that a little bit. And then uh, Kevin Herter. because then you've got, you know, the two sh- really good shooters in there and Mellow and, uh, and Kevin. And I think the last one I did, because I have $1 left, I did uh, Keith Booth because he's another good guy. Um, some people were upset we put him in the $1 category, but there are just so many good options that yeah, exactly. you know, it was kind of hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that SVP, he like responded to us like, impossible, he ruined my day. Mm-hmm. Um, he still has not gotten back to us about a starting lineup. But it was too hard oh, for he him to won't. choose. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, he definitely won't.
1: So now another thing we're going to get into, uh, they started showing the uniforms yesterday. Were you at that you know media day when they are all shooting the photos and No, stuff?
2: but I saw them. I, I, people were taking pictures and, and sending them my way. It was, uh, I like them. They look good.
1: What do you think of them compared to, you know, past years?
2: Uh, there's not many this year. Uh, we're not going to have, you know, a billion uniforms. I think we're trying to tone it down a little bit. Um, at least that's my understanding. I might be wrong on that, but you know, I like them. They look, they look really nice and, you know, they fit everybody pretty well and it looks like they're, I mean, it makes everybody look a little bit stronger than they probably are, but uh, I like them. You know, they—they're not baggy and uh, they're very simple. And you know, as much as Maryland loves their flag, <laughs> from an outside perspective, it's not that cool. And
1: oh, come on, you can't say the Maryland flag isn't cool.
2: I'm not a fan of the Maryland flag. I'm not at all. <laughs> um, I but I it really because
1: you're from Indiana.
2: It could be, but (laughs) I just have never been a fan of the flag. You know, it looks good when they're waving it in the crowd and things like that. But I, I like simple. I'm a simple guy. You don't, and I hate to say it. And I know everybody hates, you know, the Dukes, the IUs, the North Carolinas. Simple is better. And I think that's the way to go. And you don't need, you know, 100 jerseys. And I think we're making it look really good this year.
1: So I have a bit of a different view. I think I think maybe it's just because I'm from Maryland. I love the flag. Mm-hmm. Um, so Every I was... <laughs> Maryland
2: person loves the flag.
1: How can you not love the flag? All my teammates
2: are just <laughs> obsessed with it. It's great. I see how it could be for people that live here, but...
1: I mean, what is Indiana's flag? I don't think it's anything like... I don't even know what to... it is. Exactly.
2: I don't know what it is. Yeah, you're exactly. right. Exactly. The right. Maryland
1: flag is dominant.
2: Yeah, it, dominant in color. It's just like... <laughs> it looks like a blob and then four sections. It's just... I guess you could see it as cool, but... I, personally, I just didn't like looking at it as it's much as I had I'm glad to you revealed
1: that now, because I feel like if you revealed that while you were in the program, people would have been upset.
2: Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they still will be upset.
1: <laughs> but I don't know. I was... Like, I love the black one. The black is definitely my favorite. I think... I thought the other ones were a little too simple, though mm-hmm. seeing the back view, um, I kind of liked it a little bit. I'm kind of getting more into it now. But I was feeling the flag presence gone a little bit, which made me a little sad. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping... They do some special editions. We're going to get into some of... We're going to be doing uh, in a couple weeks releasing a kind of March Madness style bracket, but with the best uniforms in Maryland history. Oh, there we go.
2: That'll be cool. So
1: we have some of the ones that you... that were around while you were here. Um, What was your favorite? I'll let you kind of go through it a little bit. You know, you got lucky because you guys did a lot of really cool things with Under Armour. Starting out, like, you guys did this throwback uh, uniform. The Black Ops, I think, are one of my all-time favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you guys did like the Heritage one. You guys did a bunch of really cool ones. If you were to pick a favorite, what would it be?
2: Uh, Red Ops. Uh, I think we did that Oh, I forgot to
1: put that on here, didn't
2: I? I think we did... um, I think that was Purdue a couple times. I love Red Ops. I think they're the coolest jerseys that we have. Um, And that's really why I changed my number was... It was partly because of Kevin, but it was almost entirely because I wanted two sets of jerseys. (laughs) um the four and the 24 and you know that's a smart move and we got we got like 100 jerseys. i think i got like 50 jerseys so it was really cool um i also liked the throwback maryland ones those are really awesome uh, the white ones we warm against georgetown my freshman year um those are awesome they are really comfortable too uh and then gold rush is always cool just because you know the gold rush is always one of those times and then the gray jerseys is the coolest jersey and in maryland history besides you know i saw a video of uh steve francis the other day mm-hmm. um and he did some round the back dunk and um that might have been one of the coolest jerseys i've ever seen too i never got to wear it but you know if they ever brought back some of those old maryland jerseys <laughs> yeah i want them to sell. do a
1: throwback this year like i feel like awesome. that would be awesome it'd be awesome um especially since like i feel like you know if they make the tournament and are getting kind of to a point where they haven't been before like you gotta bring back some sort of throwback of you know, yeah. the 2002 year. Yeah. But I have to say, I you like the gold up. I think that for me, I don't like the gold because I was a photographer for two oh, years. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I probably need to put the gold ups on the gold stuff on this list. But for me, like it wash like take Kevin for instance. Mm-hmm. Those jerseys. I love Kevin, but those jerseys washed him out.
2: Oh, yeah. and well, they he was washed the palest out a lot dude of, you, ever.
1: Oh, yeah. He definitely threw off the color balance a bit. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. The red on top, absolute <laughs> pale white lotion, and then the gold. I can see it.
1: But, yeah, I, all the photographers, we had a running joke, and we just hated the gold ones because even, like, anyone on the team, it just didn't work well for a lot of guys' skin tones. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to need to put those on there, some that I liked, but I think just my – you know previous photographer bias um didn't like them but i think maybe since i'll be you know just just writing this season that maybe i will come around to them a little bit we'll see um so speaking of kevin and some of those guys there are a lot of just awesome turps in the nba right now like it's insane oh yeah um so we're gonna get into some of that i guess kind of starting with kevin since we were just talking about him you know What did you think of his, you know, rookie season? How much did you get to watch? You know, obviously he got all rookie second team and just really, you know, established himself not just as a three-point shooter, but someone, you know, who we all knew could do awesome dunks and was, you know, he just proved how athletic and how skilled of a player he was.
2: Uh, No, he was great this year. Um, I think he really showed people uh, exactly how good of a pro he is. Sometimes you're really good in college or sometimes you're a really good pro. Um, And he turned out to be a really good pro. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't think he was ready yet, but there's always a place for somebody that can shoot the ball the way he can. Um, all rookie second team was, you know, obviously highly impressive. Um, that'll take him a long way just off of that. We're actually in Myrtle beach this year with him, um, when he got announced all rookie second team and it was, it was cool seeing the joy on his face. Um, and I think he knows he deserved it and, you know, we all made him understand how much he actually deserved it. Um,
1: what was his reaction to that?
2: It, he was so happy. Uh, he doesn't, he's not a very emotional guy where he's, like, screaming, running around and stuff unless it's about somebody. Right, he's very chill. He's very chill <laughs> about himself. Um, he's very modest. So he's, he would never, you know, run around excited for something that he did because he expects things like that. Um, and he was, he was proud, and you could tell, and he should be. And that's a that's a huge accomplishment, and it couldn't have happened to somebody you know that worked harder or uh, deserves it more.
1: And did you talk get to talk at him at all? A big thing of his season was that jersey exchange with oh, yeah. Dwayne Wade. What did he did you call him after that? What was kind of a reaction you got from him after that? Because just seeing in. In that video is great, he just looks so surprised, and you could just see how like excited he was, like like you said, he doesn't show it outwardly, but like you know as someone who you know is covering for a year, you can tell when a guy gets excited and oh, you yeah. know you could tell even though he wasn't like screaming or anything that he was you know really taken aback by that
2: yeah uh i actually I probably talked to him almost every single night, or we would play Fortnite or something, but we he's actually one guy that i I talk to just every single day um and He didn't even say anything about it when I was on the phone with him. And I have two TVs in my room, and well, we were playing Fortnite, and I have two TVs in my room. And I had one hanging up, and it was on ESPN, and I'm sitting there playing, and we're talking about something else. And I look up, and it's, and I'm like, "Bro, did you and Dwayne Wade like exchange jerseys tonight? What the heck?" And he was like, "Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Like, you know, it was a really fun time." And I was like. (laughs) That's kind of a big deal. That's like one of the greatest things that could ever happen to somebody in the NBA. That's that's awesome, and you know he was excited about that. And I went out to visit him in Atlanta, or yeah, in Atlanta, his apartment in Atlanta. And uh, you know he's he's got that puppy framed up, and that's going to be pretty cool for him to put in his man cave.
1: Yeah, I am currently working on an interview with Dwayne Raid right now. I got to talk to his son for an article I was doing for USA Today. What was I his son is insane, like too. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, and so also, you know, with Kevin, like, you know, like you said, you've been around him a lot. When did you kind of realize that he had this kind of NBA talent?
2: First time in the summer. I I said, and no pressure, no added pressure, but I said the same thing about Aaron Wiggins. Um, There's something about somebody that's really athletic and can really shoot the ball uh, that it's pretty tough to pass up on. And, you know, people can say whatever they want about um, dominance if you can shoot the ball the way, you know, Kevin can, you see that right away. And I remember the first time he went out there, he doesn't feel nerves. You know, he's, he's out there and his first practice, just back to back to back to back. And I'm just like, all right, this guy, you know, this guy has a little something in him. Then he comes down, he plays defense, he goes, gets a dunk. And I looked at Travis and I said, he's a, he's going to be a pro in, in like three years after his junior year, he'll be a pro. And then, you know, it turned out being a year earlier, but, I, I knew right away that he had what it took, and you know his family, you know, taught him the right way, and he did things the right way. But he also he he has a no brain, and I say that about a lot of people. Uh, he, if he airballs one, I'll never forget. He airballed one against Minnesota, at Minnesota, right in front of our bench, and it was wide open corner three kick out. And I looked, I was like, what the heck was that? Very next possession, he came off a down screen on the left wing, came up to the top you know, step in, just dagger three fade away. And it was, I mean, it was key moments of the game. So I thought he was nervous at first. And then he did that. And he, I mean, it was just absolute bottoms. And I just looked around. And dude just has a big brain. I, I don't know. He just, yeah. he has big balls, big nuts. <laughs> and he's, he's unbelievable when it comes to uh, the moment. He He doesn't feel pressure. He just, he knows what he has to do. Shoots the ball the same way every single time. Look back at Michigan, um, his freshman sophomore year, maybe. Yeah, Michigan, his sophomore year, we ran a play threw it to Bruno in the post, set a down screen for him to come out to the top of the key, um, straight up the lane, and he he put us up one. And then obviously we ended up losing that game on a last second, you know, couple free throws. But still, it was it just shows you know how how big time he is and and how much grit he has.
1: And I think a lot of people don't realize or get to see is just how intelligent he is about the game. Like, I remember we would have interviews with him and, you know, just the way he talks about the game, mm-hmm. you can just tell that he is such a complex understanding of every aspect of what's going on. And, I, you know, I've never really heard a player um, talk that way about basketball as he would in interviews.
2: Yeah, he's he's brilliant when it comes to basketball. Um, he's, he's very smart off the court. You know, he's in the business, well, was in the business, I <laughs> guess is in the business school. Um, he doesn't really need it, but you know, he he's pretty brilliant.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's been a big debate about his nickname while he was at Maryland, you know, everyone was in a red mamba. And then on the Hawks, people started calling him Red Velvet. And I think my one of my favorite segments of the jump this year, I don't yeah. know if you saw it, they did Ronald Threesley. Uh-huh. Now, I didn't realize until that segment how much he the similarities, like yeah. I never realized how much they looked alike. And I personally, I don't see that as like a serious nickname, mm-hmm. but I loved that. What is your nickname preference?
2: Oh, man. Uh, or do, or do, you have an,
1: do you have another one that you think should be instituted?
2: Uh, I'm more of a mama won't hurt her or something <laughs> like that. Um,
1: we got the hurt locker as a suggestion too, which I really like.
2: Yeah, that is good. Uh, he he doesn't really care. Um, I don't believe. He doesn't seem like he cares what it is. Um, I want him to figure it out so he can, you know, trademark it and start making some dough off of it. Uh, but he obviously doesn't care and you know, whatever sounds best. And I'm sure something will stick. You can't really, other than, you know, scowl, you can't really self-proclaim yourself something. So I think, uh, I think it'll stick here in time, especially when he starts gaining a little more traction with popularity, um, even more than he has right now.
1: Yeah. And I have to say, I think, you know, uh, Trey tweeted something that um, someone had shown him that was like, You know, because he goes by Ice Trey, and it was like Mm -hmm. ice and fire. And I also really liked that that, that duo. That
2: is good. Um, Until somebody gets traded.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, right now, you know, Bruno got drafted, and we'll get into your reaction, you know, with that. But, you know, we've got now three Terps Uh on Atlanta. Like, what was your reaction when he got drafted and then, you know, seeing that he's going to Atlanta?
2: We need one to come to, you know, Indiana. That's what I really want. I could care less about the Hawks. You know, I are w- I want... a
1: full-fledged Hawks fan now? Because, like, I think I have to. I think you have to be.
2: Oh, no. I'm a Bruno Fernando fan, and I'm a Kevin Herter <laughs> fan, um, and a Jake Lehman fan, and that's it. Other than that, I'm a diehard Indiana Pacer. Um, you know, I want them to do really well. If they win a, you know, NBA championship, I would freaking love it, but... I love those guys. I, I don't necessarily care for the Atlanta Hawks other than them um, or the Minnesota Timberwolves now other than Jake. Um and that's just how it'll be. Uh, I'm very excited for Kevin, though, um, and Bruno. It, it's very hard to Alex adjust. Too. Yeah, Alex, too. And it's very hard to adjust, you know, going to the NBA, I'm sure. Uh, Kevin went from coming back to the apartment playing Call of Duty or Fortnite with us all night to... You know, he's going to an apartment by himself and his teammates are going back to their families. Uh, And that'd be a hard life. It'd be a really rough transition. I'm really glad Bruno doesn't have to go through that alone. And I think that'll help um, both of them a lot. And I think they'll succeed because of it.
1: Yeah, I remember Bruno was getting drafted. And for me, like I, you know, passive, you know, even like in a lottery, like I was like, this is like, you know, you know how great he is. I, oh, yeah. You know, he averages double-double. He's so athletic. I knew he had this talent, and so it was kind of frustrating not seeing him go first round. But then you see he goes to the Hawks, and I was just, like, immediately just so excited. Um, and Terp Nation was getting very excited for that. So do you prefer Atlanta Terrapins or the terp Hawks?
2: Turplana Hawks. Really? Nobody. I'm not
1: Atlanta Terrapins person. Really? Yeah.
2: I'm... I don't know. I like Turp I like the nickname um terps better mm-hmm. than terrapin but i'm I, I like both actually you know i never really thought about it but both are really good and i'm just happy that you know we can even create a team with terp or terrapin or maryland in it because there's so many on one team uh it speaks to our university
1: right and you mentioned you were here for jake Lehman's wedding he mm-hmm. had a big summer um signing the biggest contract of his career three years at 11.5 million how uh hyped were you for uh for that
2: yeah i was sitting out by a pool uh i think it was july 4th or july 3rd
1: july 3rd i was at a concert and i had to i had to leave to go uh update our article my mom was upset because we were at a concert Mm.
2: (laughs) there you go work never stops (laughs) um but yeah when when i heard it i was out by a pool and i looked down at my phone and I got a I was getting a FaceTime and it was Jake and he's like, Hey man. I'm like Sup? and my first reaction was, Oh my gosh. He's getting picked up by the pacers. And then he's just you like. Really wanted that. Oh, I was praying it. I every day I texted him about it. Tell your agent, tell your agent. <laughs> um and then he told me it. He told me what the contract was worth and you know, oh my gosh. Three years, eleven and a half million dollars. Uh it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, you know, obviously. In NBA terms, you got guys signed $175 million, uh, $11.5 million is, is family changing money, and he understands that, and he's extremely responsible. So he's extremely happy, and you know his whole life and his family's lives are, are changed forever. I
1: have to say, Minnesota, I was laughing when the pick got announced, because he's become very known for kind of his low-key NBA style, but mm-hmm. still very stylish, and is a huge fan Fan of the flannels. Mm-hmm. So he goes from an area like Portland where, you know, a lot of people are doing that. And then Minnesota is another place where, you know, flannels are very much the norm. So I think he'll fit in in that aspect too. Oh, yeah. um But, you know, being on the Trailblazers, you know, they make it to Western Conference Finals, you know, just such a stacked team. And, you know, he wasn't, especially after, you know, the trades for a bunch of guys in the middle of the season, you know, even though he had started to really show out. Um, in January and February he you know didn't get to play as much now he's going to Minnesota a young team um, you know a space for him to really carve out a role for himself uh, what do you kind of see in the next year for him
2: uh, I see more opportunity he started half of the year with right. the Trailblazers, played really well um, you know he had a couple 20, 20 point games he had a couple 20 point quarters um, the dude can play and he can guard and he's very athletic and you know he's a matchup nightmare. Um he was in the wrong system. He had the wrong coach. Uh that, you know, if one thing worked, he stuck with it the rest of the the playoffs. And he just ended up getting the the bottom end of that. And that's how it was. And now he's onto a onto a new team that needs a little bit more oomph and a little more a little bit more go. And I think he'll get, you know, a lot of opportunity and hopefully he can beat some guys out and and get into that second rotation or, or you know, be a starter.
1: Right. And one of the things I'm doing this summer for USA Today, I'm working on a big article on custom shoes in the NBA and that trend. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, he's stepping into a locker room with a lot of fire. Like, mm-hmm. you've got Carl Anthony Towns, Jordan Bell, and Robert Covington, who all just, their shoe game is incredible, always doing custom shoes. Do you think that Jake needs to step up to his shoe game?
2: Oh, he never will. He's so just... I guess a little bit has changed now, but he is so white tee, flannel, jeans, um, reggae shoes. You know, I don't think he'll ever change into a guy that's wearing green, blue and and gray shoes that are popping or something like that. Um, So he does need to. Will he? No way. (laughs) No way.
1: I think he should do like these artists are incredible. Like they make these really, um, detailed, like, paintings and stuff on the shoes, I think he needs to do, like, a Maryland shoe. Mm, I would like to see that. That'd be
2: fire. And I'm sure Under Armour, I mean, I guess not Under Armour, I guess Adidas, somebody can make him, uh, a, a shoe that has that really weird-looking flag that everybody loves so much, so I don't even know if he'd wear, it. he's not a, he, he's a University of Maryland Terrapin, but, He's not a Maryland guy. He's a, he's a Boston guy. So maybe he can get the Boston flag or something on there.
1: His fiance is from around here, though, right? Oh, yeah. So maybe she'll influence him with the flag.
2: I'm sure she will. And she loves the flag. And I'm just, I'm joking around a little bit. I actually <laughs> yeah, kind of like the looks of it. Yeah, you never truly hit the flag. It, it's pretty cool. It's intimidating, especially when you see that thing bouncing up and down, you know, in the second half of, of a big game. Uh, but, no, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, he does step up his shoe game because he's going to need to or he's going to be the... Uh, odd man out
1: how excited uh, are you for the wedding how's the bachelor party how's uh, that all shaping out
2: uh bachelor party was awesome uh, we were in vegas and yeah you can only imagine and then um the wedding is going to be awesome and i'm excited for him and i'm excited for jasmine i was always around jasmine they're they're a great great couple and you know they're very they're very similar and very different, but they they meet each other's needs.
1: I feel like that's got to be hard of him picking his groomsmen because you've got so many you know teammates that are oh, brothers. Yeah. Who is uh? Are you? Did you make the cut? Who is who from Maryland? Uh, made the groomsmen cut.
2: So he has five brothers. Oh wow! So that decked it out, and made it easy for him. He just told all five of those guys stand up there, and that's that's who it's going to be. Um, so he didn't have to choose anything, and you know. That's good. I, I I'm glad he chose his brothers. They've they've been there since day one. So I'm glad he he had an easy decision with that and didn't feel like he had to you know short somebody out.
1: Who's gonna have the best dance moves at the wedding?
2: Uh, probably myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've been I've been working on you know a couple a couple moves here and there and you know maybe maybe Jake's dog Tiny will be there and <laughs> dance a little bit with Indy, my dog, and you know it. it It'll be me probably though in in the end.
1: <laughs> what What is your uh, go-to move?
2: Oh uh, I just do random things and then when the beat drops I kind of you know hit that beat and then other than that I just kind of do a lot of random stuff in between that people laugh at and then I try to put it onto onto beat and and go from there.
1: All right now to wrap things up thank you for Taking time with us, we're going to do some kind of rapid-fire random questions uh-huh. for you. So first, favorite warm-up song?
2: Uh, Every Day I'm With My Team by Creek Boys.
1: Funniest player you've been on a turf team with? Kevin. Really? Easily. Uh, most super t- most superstitious guy that you've been with on a Maryland team?
2: The entire South Pole, including Turgeon.
1: <laughs> yeah, how superstitious is Turgen? I had heard something while we were at the... Big Ten tournament, he like changed hotels because he was superstitious about the hotel or something.
2: Yeah, he's he's nuts when it comes to superstitions, Uh, like it's everything, he walks the same way, he does the same, you know, he does the same everything, like he literally does the same everything, every single time, so he's very superstitious.
1: All right, and you know, what does he really, you know, with Mark Turgeon, what does he expect out of his point guards?
2: Uh, leadership heart and you got to want it more than the next guy and he always talks about he was small he was short so he he had to you know play with a lot of fire he wants out of his guards.
1: Weirdest hotel or travel experience?
2: Uh, Purdue my sophomore year we went to some really weird hotel it was like almost an amusement it was like (laughs) the creepiest thing ever and I'm extremely I'm a germaphobe and I'm, I'm telling you we stay in the nicest hotels ever every single time we travel except for this game and it was because something was sold out at the it was some weird thing i think they're doing construction and it was miserable like i slept on towels and everybody else was good no i don't know what it seemed it was just (laughs) weird it was like a a weird playhouse and you know all the other guys loved it i mean they're freaking (laughs) out they're all you know throwing throwing the football around or something like that and i was just grossed out
1: They've got a nice trip to Orlando this year. Oh yeah, and this should be fun. Yeah,
2: they do it right too. They, uh, I, you couldn't tell me somebody that travels nicer than we do.
1: I, I enjoyed Jacksonville. It was nice, kind of getting the beach a little early. I'm sure you guys didn't get to mm-hmm. go,
2: but mm-hmm. we, we yeah. went to
1: the beach on the off day. That was nice. Yeah. Um, okay, where is your towel now? Speaking of that tournament, you were very proud about that towel. Where is it now?
2: Oh yeah, that towel was one of the nicest towels of all time. It's at my house now in Indy, um, and it's just sitting there.
1: Is it, is it framed on a wall?
2: I should frame it. I probably will when I get a man cave, but um, for right now, it's just sitting out.
1: All right. And football really showed up in style at the Big Ten media day the past couple of days. They were kind of going, everyone on Twitter was saying they're the most stylish at the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> Who is better fashion, the football team or the basketball team? <laughs>
2: uh, it's not even close. It's the basketball team. Um, one through 15, every single player has better swag than... Any of the football guys signing close.
1: Right now I'm a team. has the most swag? Myself. <laughs> You're not with you anymore.
2: All four years I had the best swag. Right now, this <laughs> very second, Travis Faulman, and that isn't close either. It's it, it's signing yeah. close.
1: I remember Callan showed up in Gucci swi- Well, slippers Anthony day, thinks
2: he's <laughs> and Anthony <laughs> thinks he's he's Mr. Gucci. Um I guess his swag's alright, but you know. Beggars can't be choosers, uh, it's me.
1: Right. And the team is pretty obsessed with Chipotle. How many times a week did you guys go to Chipotle, and what is your go-to order?
2: Uh, somebody that I would go down the street with went to Chipotle every single time. Anthony's obsessed with it, he loves it.
1: He really is.
2: Um, <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's obsessed with their salad dressing. Um, my go-to order was a burrito. No beans, white rice, chicken, double chicken. Um, I'd put salsa, corn salsa, cheese, lettuce, and sour cream. Every single time without fail.
1: And how many times does Ant go to uh, Chipotle a week? It seems like his just go-tos are Smoothie King and Chipotle, and that's all he eats.
2: He's obsessed with Smoothie King. Although I will say everybody's diet has pretty much changed for their better. And like Eric Ayala is literally like just cut, shriveled now like or chiseled chiseled now and chiseled like a diamond yeah exactly he's short (laughs) as heck um no but it's uh everybody's kind of changing their diet around uh i think anthony's no carbs right now and yeah he's uh he's doing well and so is eric and all the guys are are really stepping into it but anthony for sure i came over last night and he had a smoothie king smoothie He's, he's weird. He's a weird guy.
1: I have to say, they put in a new smoothie place, and I think it's better than Smoothie King. Really? I, he'll they, be upset you, if yeah. I tell him that. But
2: You won't get Anthony to ever say that.
1: There's You're missing out. There's a lot of new places now. There's They're opening some good stuff.
2: <sighs> I don't doubt it. I don't doubt I mean, doubt everything
1: it. in College Park just takes forever to come up.
2: Exactly. <laughs> but it's the same thing every single night. Same, you know, Bentley's turf and Cornerstone. You got the three Hallmarks, and then everything else is eh, around it. <laughs>
1: All right, so we're wrapping things up here. If you, you know have any remarks you want to make <coughs> to uh, Turp nation, anything you want to say to everyone?
2: <coughs> um, yeah, if we could, re- we could be a really dominant team, both football and basketball. Um, it helps getting recruits when you sell the arena out or you sell the stadium out and uh, you know if you want to sit on Terrapin hoops and, and hate on all of us or terps football and hate on that team. Uh, go right ahead, but you're not doing anything for us. Um, show up to the games, help us get recruits, and God only knows how tough it is to play in an, in an environment that is extremely tough. Uh, you see the Ohio State team come into Maryland last year and we took them to overtime. It's not a secret. It's because it was a tough environment to play in. You know, we beat Purdue, who should have gone to the Final Four last year and beat the national champions. Um, we beat them at home because of a sold out environment. It's not a secret. Um, If you want to do something, you want to be a part of a Big Ten championship, regular season, or help us win, get more recruits later on, or just help our coaches show out to the games. And if you're just going to sit there and hate, there's no reason to do it because your team will never get better if you don't show out.
1: All right, guys, and that is... Andrew Terrell, thank you for stopping by. Uh, Terp Nation is definitely going to miss your energy on the bench and your uh, antics. I'm certainly going to miss your uh, pregame tradition. (laughs) If you guys don't know, before every game, Andrew likes to, he'll either shoot from one of the front row seats and then he'll go past the three-point line and start shooting that. But I think you got Wiggins and some of those guys to start doing that. So uh, I guess we'll keep that carried on. Oh, Uh,
2: yeah, they will. They'll keep doing it. I sure hope so, at least. (laughs) We got good at that shot, too.
1: All right. Well, thank you for joining the podcast. We will continue to be doing uh, more podcasts this year as we move to SB Nation's podcast site. So thank you all for tuning in.